This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 112 and uh, this is uh, going to be a, a packed episode. We're going to be talking our usual AEW Dynamite like we do every single week. A little bit of NXT, some interesting episodes to talk about, some interesting content from those two shows. A little bit different to the norm so I can't wait to uh, get stuck into AEW and NXT with my guest host very, very soon. We're also going to be talking about the hot topic as everybody is doing about WrestleMania. Uh, only a week ago it was on, then it was off and now it's two days and there's there's so many ever-changing developments regarding wrestlemania and all the surrounding events so i can't, can't wait to talk about that and uh, hopefully give you the latest on that and we're also going to be finishing with some listener questions as well but first of all i want to introduce our guest uh from uh, aussie lucian on twitter of course you might know him from the mining for mayhem at podcast i've got bj uh via skype all the way from australia uh, so how are you my friend uh good wait well, it's, it's afternoon our time it's early hours of the morning for you uh but uh, great to have you on the rest of Majora's podcast how are you i'm fantastic thanks so much for having me no, you're very, very welcome. And looks like this has been a long time in coming. We've been trying to set this up for a while, but uh, finally we've been able to kind of hook up and get this uh, get this going. Um, and what it's, it's, there's not been a lot of wrestling to talk about this week, BJ, but lots of wrestling uh, conversation, lots of ever-changing development regarding what's happening with WrestleMania and the coronavirus affecting the whole world. Um, but, uh, I mean, when we were kind of setting this up, originally you were going to be going to uh, an indie show uh, an indie wrestling event now you found out uh when you got there that it wasn't going ahead but uh, i'm guessing it, it was that a, a result of the coronavirus and kind of uh large gatherings uh, is that one of the reasons why it was cancelled yeah so that's essentially why it was cancelled and they announced it on their facebook page but obviously i don't check facebook off and i'm not on there because when i talk to them i talk to them through via instagram so i'd set all the interviews up through their instagram account and the dms on instagram but they announced it through Facebook so I and not Instagram. So I had no idea till one of my mates in um, a town about five hours south of where I am now. He's just like, oh, no, they're not doing it anymore. Didn't you see? I'm like, no. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, well, there's plenty to do here anyway. I'm like, yeah. I'm on holiday for a night. <laughs> that, that's Back the way to tomorrow. look at it, is it? Yeah, that's the way to look at it. Is it's you're on holiday for a day or two, uh, you know, see the sights and the sounds and have a bit of fun while you're there. And uh, you get to talk to me as well. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad. But uh, um, let, let's kind of introduce you properly. So as I mentioned, you're uh, part of the, the Aussie Lucian vlog and podcast Twitter page. Uh, a lot of people will probably know you uh, more commonly from the the Mining for Mayhem podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, so for my listeners uh, that might not be too familiar with you, BJ, fill us in on kind of Mining for Mayhem what it's all about, what sort of uh, uh, content you tend to cover on there, how often uh, you tend to record and where we can find you. But uh, fill my listeners into Mining for Mayhem and all, all that good stuff. So 
you can find Mining for Mayhem on what wherever you find your um, daily podcasts. I release an episode every Monday my time, depending on work. It could be Monday morning my time or Monday night, um, depending on what shift I'm working. I usually record Saturday nights once a week, um, which is usually about this time. But in the past couple of months, I've been recording like crazy. So two or three interviews a week. There's been yeah, one yeah. night. I think I did three interviews in one night just to, so I have backups. Yeah. And um, some podcasts we cover um, the wrestling events of the week. We might do a review show here or there and talk about a topic. We did a, a couple of weeks ago, I had um, Foul Original and El Toro on, and we did a um, Hall of Fame special, and we discussed everything and anything to do with the Hall of Fame, and we saved the best for last. Well, when I say the best, the most interesting topic, Chris yeah. Benoit. But, yeah, um, Friday morning my time, which I released a midweek special, I interviewed Chris Van Vliet. So that was some really exciting times for me. I was, I got up at seven in the morning, or I got up at five in the morning for a seven o'clock recording. I, I was trying to contain my excitement. <laughs> well, I, I noticed that and uh, I retweeted it on Twitter and I was really impressed. And uh, I know Chris Van Vliet has been quite um, uh, open to doing podcasts with quite a few podcasters, but you managed to get him as well. And uh, what was he like? Uh, you know, what sort of topics did you did you cover? Did you kind of cover um, you know, all the goings on regarding wrestling at the moment and how shows are kind of being cancelled uh, left, right and centre? But how did the interview go and what sort of topics did you cover for any of my listeners that might want to go and check it out oh it's so fun and um one of the bits of advice i've been given is when interviewing someone like for instance chris van vliet who's done a hundred podcast interviews try and not ask him the same question that he's already been asked go listen to previous podcasts so that's essentially what i've done i've tried to um, build the questions off what he's already been asked and do a bit of a get to know you elaborate on some stuff that you may not have known we talked a little bit of video games we talked um everyone knows he was at wrestlemania 18 for the rock versus hulk hogan so we talked about the aftermath of that match and what it meant to him the crowd atmosphere outside on the streets after it all went down we talked about his move from florida to los angeles whether he has toilet paper or not how often he goes to the gym we talked about chris van bleek coming to australia we basically covered everything and the we even covered the topic of, as you said before, with this whole wrestling event that I was meant to go to. We dubbed it the Woo Challenge because um, he went with Sean Spears and Tyler Breeze and got chopped 20 times. So I was going to go to the wrestling event and get chopped myself. But obviously, <laughs> that never went down. So we, we had lots of fun talking. He's such a great guy, so humble as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've heard that he's a really great uh, interview and uh, I can't wait to check that one out and I'll be doing so very, very soon. I encourage my listeners to do so the same. Uh, so you mentioned that we can find Money for Mayhem on all popular podcast platforms. I'm guessing Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Podbean, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll we do um, the plugs a little bit later on for your social media, but uh, I mean, you've obviously got a YouTube channel where you drop a lot of your content as well, BJ. Yeah, so... I've obviously had the YouTube channel for a while, but I never really put anything on there. And I, th- I thought I want to expand on what I'm doing, get some more content out there. And I mean, now more than ever, it's really important to do it. 
So yeah. like I'm tr- trying to find the time to do it. It's a different sort of thing. But every Sunday I do the Sunday night shout out. I I've um, used the slogan "I shout, you listen," and basically I go on there. I throughout the week I'll listen around, find a podcast or a brand or something that's doing some really great stuff, and I basically tell everyone to go check them out <laughs> and why they should check them out. And I put that up on YouTube. Um, every Sunday night, my time or Sunday afternoon. And I try and do it from a diff, um, different location around my hometown every week. Unfortunately, because I live in a small town, I'm running out of location. So, I mean, I've done, I even did one from my um, front, front veranda. But, you know, <laughs> I've got a green screen in my um, room that I made out of curtains. So I might have to start using that and pretend that I'm in Tampa, Florida for WrestleMania. There you go. Or, you you, you could replicate Wayne's center. world. You you could replicate Wayne's world where they do the different backdrops and the different cities behind them. But uh, that would be pretty cool. I think uh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to adopt that when I get my green screen and just pretend I'm somewhere else other than where I live. Cause it's not uh, very desirable, put it that way. But um, let, let's talk about uh, the hot topic then. So you've probably covered it on some of your shows. I know you said you mentioned it uh, with uh, Chris Van Vliet and it's obviously affected the wrestling show you were going to be watching uh, over in Australia. Um, which didn't go ahead. And obviously it's, it's the coronavirus pandemic that's kind of hitting everywhere around the world. And uh, we're being told to, you know, keep our distance two metres apart from, from everybody. And, uh, um, but, but, but wrestling has been hit as well. Um, and especially such an important time of the year, BJ, because we're only two weeks away from, from WrestleMania. Now, just a week ago, seven days ago, when I was recording my last episode with uh, Lexi Helms, WrestleMania was, was, uh, was on, it was off. There were so many rumours about what was going to happen to it. Uh, then, you know, uh, it, it's been, uh, changed to uh, the, the, the PC, uh, to the Performance Centre, uh, and now it's recently been changed to a, a two-day WrestleMania so they can obviously not have so many performers in one location at any one time. Uh, the card is, is getting bigger, and uh, much like Wrestle Kingdom from January, it's always good to kind of spread a, a big event like Wrestle Kingdom or WrestleMania over two days. I think it makes it a bit more palatable, but there's obviously health reasons why they're doing that. But uh, uh, what's your kind of current thoughts on the ever-changing situation um, that we currently know about WrestleMania then? Because it does seem to be changing on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis regarding what's happening with the show show itself and the other shows that are meant to be going on around WrestleMania itself in Tampa. But uh, well, what's your kind of thoughts and where's your head at regarding WrestleMania at the moment? Uh, I'm... But the fact that we're get, getting anything at all, I am so grateful for. The situation itself sucks for the fans yeah. that we're going to go that don't get to go. It sucks for the wrestlers who were relying on that payday. It, the whole situation sucks. But the fact that was, I am grateful Vince McMahon is one stubborn bastard. Yeah. <laughs> because if he wasn't as stubborn as he was, he probably would have cancelled. But the show's going on and we couldn't ask for much more than that. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I'm pretty sure it's been announced that it's going to happen from two locations mm, or multiple yeah. locations. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, and there's also uh, news that they could be pre-recording some of the matches and, and pre-recording them well in advance of the fourth and fifth when they're airing uh, on the WWE Network and pay-per-view, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. when you look at potentially the, I don't know, the Randy Orton versus Edge match, I think they if they described it as a, as a street fight or a last man standing match, um, but that potentially could be filmed 
in a backstage area somewhere. I mean, if you think back to, I can't remember which WrestleMania it was, but Goldust versus Roddy Piper and that backlot brawl, um, you know, that was filmed in advance. But um, kind of visualising that sort of scenario, possibly playing out for one or two of these matches. And um but but yeah, I mean, when you look at uh, recent episodes of Raw and SmackDown, they've been, you know, aired live in front of zero fans uh, with more backstage segments, more backstage angles and in-ring promos as opposed to actual matches. Uh, but I've got, as you said, I've got to give credit to WWE. You know, they, they continue to do what they've always done well and putting content out there for the fans um, and, uh, you know, put, putting smiles on people's faces where a lot of companies are being forced to stop their shows or, you know, not being able to provide the content that they usually do. WWE and AEW, we're more about AEW in a bit, but they're still pumping out the content. And a lot of people are kind of saying, well, it's, it's not great content, but it's content nonetheless. And they're doing their best when all the other, you know, franchises in America, the NBA, the NFL, XFL and whoever else are closing down operations for however many weeks or months. WWE is still putting something out there, putting smiles on people's faces during this, you know, this very testing time. Um, you know, a lot of people are describing it as uncharted territory. It is. We, we've never known a time like this where sporting events and uh, wrestling events are being cancelled at a drop of a hat. Um, I, I don't know if you caught it on YouTube on Monday or, or whenever it dropped on your time, but uh, No Fans Monday, which was uh, broadcast live on YouTube uh, through Wrestle Talk, and it was meant to be their, their first wrestling event in did go ahead with the help of Will Ospreay and of course Will Ospreay fought B Priestley in the main event and uh, a whole host of the top names and many brilliant up and coming talent from the UK in the scene and not forgetting the, the Aussie Arrow of course, Carl uh, Fletcher was part of it uh, but um you know that they benefited uh, by the, the proceeds of the super chats and the donations uh, going to the talent as part of that show. Um, but uh, I mean that that's one of the kind of wrestling events that have been designed to help benefit a lot of indie indie workers, indie wrestling. Was you able to catch that? If so, what were your what were your thoughts or what have you heard about it? And uh, I've seen it. It was a very good show. The main event was very good. Will Ospreay he didn't hold back against his girlfriend B Priestley, but uh, pretty good show. Yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I started to watch it, but unfortunately, as the past week, um, work has really gotten in the way of me catching a lot of content. I Now that it's sort of started to settle down, the audit that I've been preparing for is all over and done with yeah. for at least a month or so. Then we go back into hyperdrive again. I'm probably going to get catch up on some sleep. And with this virus, if it... If everything shuts down like we think it will, and that include will probably include work as well, um, then I'm going to have hours on end to watch content. But yeah. no, I've seen some highlights on Twitter. I've seen some highlights on YouTube. I think I watched the first match, and it was incredible. And the commentator, the commentators, they do so well to draw the attention to the match and take away from the focus away from the empty crowd. And the highlights that I did see on Twitter and YouTube and all that, and um, like uh, what culture and cultaholic, you're right. He really didn't hold back. And I remember seeing some people on YouTube go complain about and whatever it was. And Osprey's obviously come out and said, "I've seen my girlfriend take on bigger and better people than me and beat the absolute living heck out of him." And I'm like, it's. The impacts, yes, are real, but they do use techniques. We all know this to soften blows. There is 
a certain extent of realism, a certain extent of kayfabe. At yeah. least they're doing it. We're still getting content. We just yeah. need to stop being fussy and being picky and stay positive. It'll get back to normality soon. Yeah. But but as I mentioned earlier, along with the WWE and AEW and one or two other uh, promotions, they are still putting out content where a lot of other sporting organisations and franchises have shut up shop, uh, shop essentially for the next however many months. Um, but um, I mean, looking at kind of AEW and what they was able to achieve this Wednesday on Dynamite, and I know we're going to talk more about AEW very, very soon in our kind of recap of this week's show. Um, but but they, they did something different to what Raw and SmackDown have been doing. And they, they had, you know, a, a, a cast of wrestlers, around the front row, around ringside, and they were kind of there to, to boo and to cheer the matches, and they really interact with the matches and the talent involved in some of the matches. Uh, but more importantly, that they, they had the hard camera facing the stage, facing the big screen and the entrance tunnels. You could see all the pyro, and that, that really kind of was was a, a different way of doing it instead of focusing the hard camera or the camera into you know rows and rows of empty seats uh, but i thought that was quite refreshing and um you know, i'm just kind of thinking ahead to wrestlemania i mean ww are quite regimented in terms of where they have their hard camera are they going to have to kind of look at what AEW did on wednesday and maybe mix things up a little bit or what do you think ww can do maybe a novel quite a unique approach to make wrestlemania different to what we've seen from Raw and SmackDown over the last couple of weeks? Well, I remember um, they've done, obviously done WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden before, and I've heard a rumour that they may be looking at booking it as one of their other locations. But they've done the hard camera at Madison Square Garden before for the Royal Rumble of 2008. I think they did a Raw at Madison Square Garden where they used a the hard camera as well. Yeah, And the last couple of times I've been there, uh, they even had that Big Show versus Brock Lesnar special at MSG. And they had the full-on stage and everything. But the best wrestling events at Madison Square Garden is where they've had those little doors open and they yeah. didn't really have the runway. And that's what I want to see them go back to. Yeah, I think Just, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool and pretty unique. Um, but I do think they need to give us a different presentation, a different look, a different feel when it comes to WrestleMania. And, um, you know, hopefully they kind of think on their feet and, and give us something outside of the building, maybe give us something uh, uh, unique, or even if they just kind of copy AEW and put some wrestlers in the front row just to boo and to cheer and to give us that kind of uh, interaction, which is what we've been lacking on Raw and SmackDown recently. And uh, going back to another comment you made that the commentary team for WWE, you know, has really kind of made the difference as well. They've been, uh, you know, being a bit more lighthearted, a bit more jovial on commentary and uh, having Asuka str screaming at the talent <laughs> or, 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 or Triple H taking the mickey out of Michael Cole has always been quite refreshing. Having Mojo Rowley there uh, being, being uh, Mr. Hype extraordinaire. But uh, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Like I say, the content from WWE might not be the, the greatest at the moment, but under the circumstances, it's fantastic. They're being able to put anything out, to be honest with you. Um, now, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking a lot more AEW and NXT very very soon um, but we've not heard too much BJ about whether they're actually going to whether we're going to see any of the matches that's previously been advertised for TakeOver Tampa at any point soon so I mean you probably watched this week's NXT just the same as I did 
and it was a very kind of promo heavy very kind of segment uh backstage segment heavy uh video package heavy nxt this week and there was no matches uh, but there's been some reports that takeover and the hall of fame have been cancelled altogether um and let's be honest we've not heard to the contrary to be honest with you and other reports to say that hall of fame the inductions might take place over SummerSlam weekend or that they could use the, you know, the Raws and the Smackdowns post-WrestleMania to have some of the induction speeches to fill out some of the time. But but going back to TakeOver Tampa, you know, they've been a little bit cagey and keeping the cards very close to their chest regarding some of the matches that we was expecting to TakeOver Tampa as to whether the show is going ahead at all or whether they might throw some of the matches into the WrestleMania card, which is looking unlikely the closer we get to WrestleMania. But uh, any thoughts about NXT and TakeOver and whether we might see Gargano versus Champa or some of the other matches previously advertised? Well, I ended up watching the highlights for AEW um, later in the week. We'll talk about that later because I'm a loyal NXT fan. So while everyone's watching AEW this week because there's using the excuse there's no matches on NXT, it's all AEW. I'm still watching NXT because they had that um, Gargano Champa special and I got highly invested in seeing the rivalry from their different perspective point of views. And it really added to that rivalry as well. Like it made it so much more personal. And even if like NXT takeover is not happening, but if they put it on the WrestleMania card, or if they maybe even wait, like we don't know when we're going to get NXT takeover. Mm. They might produce it on a, they might have a sole two hours of NXT dedicated to a match of Champa versus um, Gargano where it literally starts the show, ring the bell, and two hours later, you finally get a pinfall. Yeah. That'd be a first to two hour match. <laughs> It would be it would be pretty good, but I think they could definitely pull it off. But when I mean, I've heard the same, whereas uh, the the NXT that would be scheduled for Wednesday the first of April, um, so it'd be the last NXT before, to dare I say, it, Takeover Tampa or WrestleMania, that that could be the replacement for Takeover uh, Tampa, and that they could host some of the matches that were scheduled for Takeover on that final episode of NXT on the first of April. So if they do that, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, looking at this week's NXT which we'll be delving into in a bit more detail very soon. You know, they did have, you know, hype packages there for Gargano and Ciampa. They did have uh, a video package featuring Finn Balor where he was still challenging Walter, which we presume would have been a a, a scheduled match for TakeOver Tampa. Um, So, you know, they've obviously still got some ideas in the works for hosting these matches somewhere down the line but they haven't announced if and when they're going to take place and obviously things are very much up in the air so we're waiting to see uh what happens and hopefully we'll find out more on wednesday but uh yeah let's i'm quite intrigued because we haven't really heard we've heard quite a bit about wrestlemania we've heard a lot about the shows that have been cancelled but we haven't heard much about hall of fame or takeover they haven't officially or formally announced those till what's happening with those two shows at all as far as i'm aware um but um Let's have a closer look at where we are with WrestleMania then, BJ, before we break down uh, uh, AEW and NXT from this week. Because 
the, the matches that have been announced, and there's more matches being announced all the time, they've obviously been sectioned off into their individual days. So we know that WrestleMania has been split over two days. Uh, we're going to be getting several matches on the 4th of April, which is the Saturday, and uh, the rest of the matches, the rest of the card, the following day on the 5th of April. So how are the cards looking at the moment? You've got uh, night one, uh, you've got uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, which is going to be an awesome match. Uh, the Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship and Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre McIntyre is going to headline night one for the Universal Championship. Uh, Then on the Sunday night two, We've got John Cena uh, against The Fiend. That'll be a pretty cool match. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the uh, that that's for the for the Universal Championship um, and. Uh, Randy Orton versus Edge, their last man standing match is also expected to take place on the Sunday. Now, for anybody that's seen SmackDown from last night, there was a, a few of the matches which haven't been formally announced, but kind of it looks like they're going to go ahead. You've got a, a six-pack challenge featuring uh, women on the SmackDown brands uh, going up against uh, Bayley, so I think the women women that have been announced. You've got Dana Brooke, you've got Lacey Evans, uh, Sasha Banks, Tamina and Naomi, and of course Bayley is the champion. King Corbin going up against Elias and um, you've obviously going to have a multi-team match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. And uh, one match that hasn't been formally announced, but it looks like we're going to be getting at Mania, is going to be Sami Zayn putting his Intercontinental Championship on the line against Daniel Bryan, which, if it does get formally announced, will be the match that I will be most looking forward to over the two days. But looking at the matches that we've just uh, announced there um, for night one and night two, we think that we know at the moment then, BJ... What where's your kind of head at regarding WrestleMania, the event then? So it's going to be over two days, most of it from the Performance Centre, as far as we're aware. Is it still an event that you're looking forward to? Is there things that you're not looking forward to? Uh, where's your kind of anticipation levels for WrestleMania as it stands at the moment then? Oh, absolutely. I'll be watching WrestleMania regardless of how it goes down. If they had one match for six hours, I'd probably like zone in and out while on twitter but i'd still be watching it it's wrestling it's one of my favorite things in the world yeah i'm not and it's like we've said before it's a time that we've never gone through and how they're gonna um react to it essentially we don't know and that's part of what makes it exciting and i want to see how they do it because mm. it's just that curiosity but yeah i've been looking at the matches on the wikipedia page because like, i'm looking at when I typed WrestleMania 36 in, it says WrestleMania 36 will be at 7.30 a.m. Monday, 6th of April, 2020. Well, that's obviously based off um, Australian Standard Time. And you go down to the matches and there's um, the six-pack challenge that you said um, yeah. with Bailey, which I'm actually surprised to mean is in the match because they haven't used it. I, I think a lot of people are surprised she's in the match. Most definitely. She's, she's awful. <laughs> I think she's got the talent. She just doesn't get used. Yeah, I, I just think she's very, very bland. And I was very surprised to see her included. And I'm sure it's going to be an attempt at maybe a little bit of a mini push for her. But um, I, I can't imagine that they'll we'll see much of her after WrestleMania. I thought it would have been a good opportunity, really good opportunity to, instead of having Tamina there, maybe having it the return of Nia Jax. And whether she's going to come out and interfere during the match or during any of the matches. But I would have thought that would have been an ideal opportunity to get uh, Nia Jax back in there. Apparently she's fully fit. She's been cleared and ready to go. 
she's been posting pictures on Instagram. She looks great. Um, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I, maybe Tamina was thrown in there at the last minute because somebody uh, isn't fit or isn't clear to wrestle. I don't know. But uh, um, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of hers. And I'm surprised that she's still with the company. I really, really am. But so that's just my personal feeling. Um, and people can hate me for that. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but it is going to be a very unique WrestleMania, isn't it? It's going to, and like you say, you know, if you've been wrestling fans for as long as we have, BJ, you know, you're going to watch it regardless because let's be honest, there isn't any or many other sporting events happening at the moment. But WrestleMania is as a tradition. If you're a, a, a diehard hardcore wrestling fans like we are, you're going to watch it regardless. And the fact that it's spread over two days is going to kind of add to the enjoyment. I'm just gutted by the looks of it that we're not going to get an NXT takeover because they're always kind of the best shows on offer around that time. Um, but um, And I think spreading it over two days will make it seem you know bigger maybe more important more unique uh, but i'm more interested as i mentioned earlier about the presentation how it's going to look how they're going to set it up which way the camera is going to be facing and so whether there's going to be anybody there uh, to kind of cheer or boo the participants in the ring during the matches but it's all very interesting and i think that's possibly another few reasons why we should tune in and watch it and kind of uh, see how it's going to go down i'm sure they got some surprises up their sleeve i'm sure it's going to be a good one um but like i say it's just going to be a shame that we're not going to have the pyro we're not going to have the 80,000 people in the packed out stadium um, and that's uh, something we're going to have to wait another year for fingers crossed uh, fingers crossed we haven't got the same scenario in 12 months time BJ because that would just be that would be a really rubbish scenario as wrestling fans uh, but hopefully it'll all be done yeah. and dusted by early, early summertime although we're talking about like this could be going on for a year if they find a cure at all like there's been talks of it may go from pandemic to endemic, which means there won't be a cure and we're just going to have to live with it, which mm. that's definitely not something I want to happen. No. But, um, the other thing we're probably going to miss out on as well is um, the Battle Royales. Yes. I don't think they're going to go ahead. I think that's um, a, a given, really, because of the number of people you have in the ring at any one time. And obviously, they're trying to minimise the amount of people in the building at any one time. And I think they're, they're limited to maybe 50 personnel, including wrestlers, um, in the uh, premises at any one time. Uh, so if that's the performance centre, it's not uh, a massive place in itself. I'm sure they have more than 50 um, trainees there stu- uh, uh, training at any one time and on any given day. But... Um, yeah, I think that that would blow that uh, figure of 50 uh, well out of the water if they were to have the battle rules. So I'm expecting those to get the chop straight away. And uh, no, no bad thing as far as I'm concerned. They're usually on the kick on the pre-show. So, um, yeah, just stick to the kind of, you know, the, the actual wrestling matches and I'll be happy with that. But, um, you know, we, we spoke briefly earlier, BJ, about independent wrestling. You've got to spare a thought for all the independent wrestling companies and the independent wrestlers all around the world who are currently unable to earn any money from their regular bookings, as well as all the, the indie promotions who are planning to put on shows around the Tampa Bay area across WrestleMania week. And of course, the organizers of WrestleCon, you've probably heard about this due to contractual obligations or the situation with the hotel, the Marriott, where WrestleCon was due to take place. The organizers of WrestleCon were likely to lose out on over, well over $100,000, which will likely you know, put a pay to any future WrestleCon events in the years to come. Um, I know the organisers having to potentially sell his house 
and he could go bankrupt from the whole situation of not being able to get um, the, the, the refund, um, you know, because of situations out of his control. It's, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with the organizers of WrestleCon. And the fact he's going to lose out $100,000 is really, really bad. But, uh, you know, my thoughts also go out to all the, the wrestlers and the promotions who are having to cancel shows and bookings for the foreseeable future due to the virus. And, and, and you know, to my listeners, and I'm sure... BJ said the same to his listeners, please, you know, go out of your way and continue supporting your favourite indie workers and your favourite indie promotions by visiting their social pages and purchasing merchandise and whatever you can do on their social pages to keep them relevant and to, you know, I don't know, like yourself, BJ and me, we're trying to get interviews organised with uh, with independent wrestlers just to kind of you know keep them relevant get the name out there give them a bit more promotion a bit more pu- publicity but uh you know any, any final thoughts before we move on bj regarding you know the cancellation of all the other shows around wrestlemania weekend and indie promotions having to put their their performances on hold for however long um and you've got the whole wrestlecon situation but uh, any final thoughts on on what i've just said there i think you pretty much said it all because like i definitely feel from and it's like a worldwide thing as well. Like obviously, all the WrestleCon promo- had to be postponed or cancelled. We've had cancellations all around. The one that I was meant to go to got postponed. Yeah. Um, Body Murphy's former promotion. Um, he used to be known as Matt Silver, and the one person he trained, who I also interviewed last year, um, Adam Brooks, he was meant to make his debut in Ring of Honor, but he came from. They both came from um a promotion in melbourne called mcw and they've had to basically cancel all future upcoming events and it looks like their next event may be july but they said it's at this point it's not guaranteed they're gonna it's gonna go ahead at the moment but it's still go as they take it as it comes basically yeah yeah Um, what's the independent wrestling like there or even nxt uk what's it like over there um well NXT UK, I think they've got episodes taped that will see them through until the end of April, which is when the next NXT UK takeover was due to take place in Dublin. Now, I'm guessing that that's been cancelled and that was meant to be headlined uh, by Walter versus Ilya Dragunov and Finn Balor versus Tyler Bates, from what I understand, having read the spoilers from the latest set of tapings leading us up to that takeover, of course, which now won't go ahead. So I'm guessing they're going to continue running the, 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 uh, the taped stuff. But after that, I I don't know whether they're going to be able to record any more for the foreseeable future. Um, so obviously TakeOver Dublin is on hold. That probably won't take place for several months now. Um, but as for indie wrestling, much the same. I mean, I was seeing posts from uh, independent uh, workers and independent promoters on Facebook and social media all the time about shows having to be cancelled. So I don't think that there's any shows running this weekend in the UK to the best of my knowledge. And I think everybody in the UK, all the wrestling promotions, all the indie promotions are following the government's advice over here in the UK and uh, basically, yeah, shutting down shop, essentially. Um like all the industries pretty much in the UK, I think, uh, you know, apart from some key workers like, uh, you know, the, 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 the fire brigade, the police, the, the nurses, the hospitals, um, people that work in the, you know, the food and the toiletry uh, industry are being told that they have to work certain certain i think mo- the majority of the schools are closed down as well but uh, wrestling has definitely taken it um taken the hit 
And yeah, I don't think there's going to be any wrestling of any sorts in the UK at all. I mean, you've got companies like OTT over in Ireland. They had to cancel their big show last weekend that was going to be headlined by David Starr and John Moxley. That didn't go ahead. And yeah, I'm just seeing posts pop up all the time, BJ, on, on social media about how uh, there's cancellations and, you know, they'll hope hope to be back up and running again soon. So it's a real kind of sorry state. So taking me back to one of my earlier comments, it's, it's good. That you've got companies like the WWE and AEW that are continuing to, you know, uh, put out their live content or even recorded content, um, you know, for the enjoyment of the fans. So at least as wrestling fans, we have something to go back on. And of course, with the WWE Network, you've got hundreds of thousands um, of, of hours worth of footage and all the pay-per-views you can shake a stick at and all the excellent documentary specials they do to go back and watch. Um, but wrestling for the next six months is going to be very, very interesting and unchanged chartered territories and uh, a very unique time um so i mean i've been a wrestling fan for 30 years and i've never known a situation like it so uh, it's certainly one to tell our grandchildren about in uh, you know in, in 20 years time about how there was uh, a, a wrestlemania behind closed doors um in 2020 but uh, very very interesting but let, let's talk about one wrestling show that did go ahead this past Wednesday, and it was actually a very, very good episode of AEW Dynamite, uh, BJ. So I'm sure you you caught it or watched it or caught the highlights, but uh, I'm going to kick off with the unveiling of the Exalted One, my friends. So uh, there's been tons of speculation going back for months now uh, that it could be Christopher Daniels. You know, there was rumours that it could be Raven because he was seen in the crowd uh, during a Dynamite show. Could it be Matt Hardy? Could it be Jim Cornette? Could it be anybody? But no, it was the man formerly known as Luke Harper in WWE, the exalted one, turns out to be none other than Brody Lee, who uh, we first get introduced uh, to via a video wall, a video package. And then the video ends, the lights go out, when the lights come back on, you've got Brody Lee in the ring, standing inside the ring. He attacks Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, leaving leaving both men or both members of SCU laying in the ring. So Brody Lee is uh, the exalted one then, BJ. And I'm, I'm sure AEW would have preferred to have had Brody Lee introduced as the exalted one in, in front of a, an arena full of fans. Uh, but the big unveil still works. And we, we finally have the answer to who is the exalted one and, uh, after all these weeks, all these months of build-up, it is Brody Lee, the former Luke Harper. And I think he's a really good fit to the role. But uh, give us your thoughts on what went down and uh, your thoughts on uh, Brody Lee being unveiled as the exalted one. So this is where I'm really torn because I've been a huge fan of Luke Harper and I yeah. really wish they would have pushed him. And when he came back for, what, the two matches with Eric Rowan and then the draft happened and he sort of, yeah. disappeared again because of how wwe's built up built him up it's all lack of built it's really hard to essentially see him as the leader of the dark order because of what wwe's done to him yeah. so hopefully AEW do something with him and make it believable that he's the leader of the dark order because at the moment like Looking at Twitter, you'd almost be convinced that Eva Luna is the leader. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I agree with what you're saying because of how he was booked, how he was, uh, or, or maybe the lack of booking in WWE, uh, to, to be more accurate, has kind of maybe put a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe people just don't see him as a credible 
um, character to have in such a powerful condition position. And I agree. I think Evil Uno would have been a perfect um, kind of leader. And I thought he was the leader to start off with. I thought he would have been great as the exalted one. To be honest with you, he's definitely great on the microphone. Quite, uh, a, 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 quite a, um, an imposing character, an imposing presence. Um, but it is Luke Carper. He's a well-known figure. A uh, big guy, very, very, very capable in the ring, very good on the microphone as well. So we'll have to see. But I think it just adds to the strength of the Dark Order, adds to the strength of the overall roster for AEW. I think it's a good thing, but he, he is going to have to kind of build himself up or AEW are going to have to help to build him up a bit more after the, the terrible, almost non-existent booking that uh, he's had at the hands of WWE for the last, well, however long, you know, year plus, a uh, couple of years, you could say. But the, the top of the show the top of AEW it started with Cody uh, standing uh, in the ring with an in-ring promo. It's just him, a microphone and a spotlight. Um, he asks three AEW wrestlers to put aside their differences and to stand together. He tells us that he refuses to live in a prison of fear. Um, I think possibly referring to uh, the, the pandemic that's going on at the moment, the coronavirus. Um, he addresses his partners for the main event that night uh, to see um, who will have the advantage in the blood and guts, a war game style match. Cody tells us that he wants the elite to be the elite. Uh, with that, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, they come down to the ring. Omega said that uh, uh, when he would normally do an in-ring promo, it would be in front of an arena full of people. Omega says that uh, uh, they, uh, uh, th- 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 when the world is falling uh, uh, apart around them, uh, they don't even know if Dynamite is going to be going ahead next week. He wants them to go out the way they came in as the the elite. So then Adam Page eventually comes out with a drink in hand. Uh, Matt Jackson asks Adam Page if Page will stand with the elite and uh, Adam Page just simply uh, gives a little bit of a nod and raises his glass as he walks to the back. Uh, with that the show starts, uh, the lights go on, the pyro goes off, the amount of pyro uh, they had during this um, this uh, fans edition of Dynamite was tremendous and really added to the atmosphere and we have Brandy Rose reprising her old role as a ring announcer. Of course she was Eden back in WWE of course and she introduced all the matches throughout the show so give us your thoughts about the opening uh, to, to the to, to the show to AEW Dynamite I mean Cody performing uh, the role as a spokesman for AEW to start the role and then as a peacemaker to try and bring Matt Jackson and, uh, and Adam Page together as one um, ahead of their big six man main event later on in the show um, and of course you know ahead of the blood and guts match which we'll talk more about very soon but give us your thoughts on this opening segment then BJ I think Cody was really brave to obviously do what he did. And he's probably one of the best promos in the business, but at the same time also heavily underrated because he wasn't known for his promos in WWE. He's another one from the E that really got misused and he's really had a chance to shine. And he's a believable main eventer in AEW, which is finally what we needed to see. Um. What else was I going to say? I'm drawing blanks now. In regards to... (laughs) I just call call it morning brain fog or midnight mayhem in my mind. Well, let's, let's be clear to my listeners. Was it nearly 2 a.m. your time? And uh, I'm surprised you're even functioning or not not asleep by now. So all credit to you for uh, lasting this long. (laughs) But but please carry on, my friend. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that's where I was heading with this. Um, In regards to like... I mean, Tony Khan could have come out, but I think even though Tony Khan may be the owner, Cody Rhodes to AEW is Triple H to NXT. Yeah. And I think Cody Rhodes was the right person to do it. 
sorry, Cody, because he's not a Cody Rhodes there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and he is the spokesman. He is one of the best. Pro- he's proved over the last year that he's one of the best promos in the business. And uh, some of the things he did leading up to his match against Jericho last year were just off the charts. Uh, but a very, very good opening here, setting us up nicely for the rest of the show. Uh, the first match of the night was uh, the Best Friends versus the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Orange Cassidy joined the commentary team, being the first commentator in the history of pro wrestling to fall asleep at the commentary desk. Uh, so that was pretty fun to see that the Lucha Brothers uh, got in some awesome. So they got some awesome pyro for their entrance. It's almost a WrestleMania entrance for the for the Lucha Brothers. I don't know about anything else, but uh, then you had the likes of Sean Spears and MJF. They were they were taking bets on the matches outside, and that was a really fun segment. Trying to get Tony Giovanni involved. Uh, you also had the likes of Tully Blanchard, Jake Roberts, Lance Archer, Wardlow, Joey Janela, and various other wrestlers spectating on the matches throughout the night in the place of the fans. Uh, I'm not sure about AEW's interpretation of social distancing, though, uh, but it was all good fun. Uh, there was uh, plenty of action in this match, including plenty of shenanigans and action on the outside. We even had an Orange Cassidy do a stage dive onto the Lucha Brothers on the outside, and he wasn't even part of the match. But uh, always great to see Orange Cassidy get involved. Uh, but the Lucha Brothers picked up the win following a cheap shot low blow from Pentagon, leading to a package pile driver flying double foot stomp for the pin in this really good opening match. So full of action. Um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. After the match, the best friends, they challenged the Lucha Brothers to a, like a parking lot brawl on the next episode of Dynamite. And uh, BJ, one thing I wanted to kind of pick up with you is throughout uh, this episode of AEW Dynamite, they, they advertised various matches for the next episode of AEW Dynamite. Very, be very careful not to say next week, but they advertised the parking lot brawl between the Lucha Brothers and the Best Friends. They were talking a lot about the Blood and Guts match, of course, and then they later on in the show they mentioned a Lumberjack match between Wardlow and Luchasaurus. And like I said, they were being very careful on the graphics, on the promotional graphics, not to next week they were saying on on the next episode of dynamite uh now some breaking news that happened overnight certainly in the states aw president tony carney issued an announcement last night stating that they will be postponing the blood and guts match for a future occasion when it's more convenient when things are a little bit more settled and possibly for a, a time when they can get fans into the arena um and uh, uh that instead of um uh, you know a live dynamite next week um the blood and guts match being on dynamite next week they will have it will be headlined by chris jericho um having a, a face-to-face encounter um possibly just a kind of a, a an in-ring segment not necessarily a match uh, with matt hardy so you will see chris jericho in the ring with matt hardy in one capacity or another next week on dynamite and the other matches that i mentioned possibly the lumberjack match and the parking brawl match could well go ahead as well but uh Give us your thoughts on this opening match and everything that went down. And kind of my, my thoughts on, on next weekend's uh, Tony Khan's announcement on Blood and Guts. Um, with regards to the announcement, it's sort of to be expected. Yeah. I mean, we all sort of knew it was coming. We didn't know whether it would be postponed, cancelled, but I'm honestly not surprised. I mean, if they went ahead with it, it would have been interesting to see how they did it, like the same with WrestleMania. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's as Triple H said a couple of years ago, it's what's best for business. Mm. I hated that saying. (laughs) Yeah, same here. But but it's relevant. And, you know, they are kind of uh, having to adapt 
and change almost on an hourly basis in the wrestling industry. And I can understand Tony Khan's... I mean, where, where you've got Vince McMahon, he's decided to go ahead with, with WrestleMania. Tony Khan has decided, well, their biggest match that's been advertised is the Blood and Guts War Games match. Let's hold it off for a time where we might be able to present it in front of fans or, you know, uh, where, the, where the time is more suitable. But uh, so you can kind of understand and agree with his, his uh, concepts there, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a really hard topic to talk about because there's so much uncertainty and you yeah. can always speculate, but to be able to say with confidence that you know what's going to happen or that you know what they should do, like you can't really even say that, oh, they should do this because you don't even know if that's what's best for everyone. Yeah. It's so fluid at the moment. It really is so changeable. Um, and then we had quite a, a, an entertaining four-way match between uh, Chris Statlander, Hikari Shida, um, and uh, I think uh, Rihu and Penelope, Penelope Ford was involved as well. I've not seen too many matches involving Penelope Ford, but she quite surprised me in this match. Uh, but Hikari Shida picked up the win um, this action-packed match pinning Penelope Ford after running the Washida, firmly setting herself up as the, as the number one or the number two contender to Nyla Rose's championship. So that would be a match I'd be pretty interested in seeing. Um, after the match, we saw Colt Cabana. He got involved in a little bit of a confrontation with Kip Sabian at ringside, setting a potential feud between those two. Now, uh, I, I don't know about you, BJ, but I'm really, really happy to see Colt Boom Boom Cabana uh, in AEW. He's such an entertaining figure, such an entertaining guy, and a red-hot fan favourite. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing potentially a future match between him and super bad Kip Sabian. But uh, I'm, I'm chuffed to bits to see Colt uh, Boom Boom Cabana involved in a major promotion. I think he thoroughly deserves the, the limelight and all the attention he's getting in AEW. But what, what say you? This is probably the one part of the show that I actually did manage to catch live because um, NXT was on an advert break and I sort of got bored. So I, sw I switched from the channel that I was watching NXT onto the Fight Network and I ended up caught, um, catching the end of the four-way match. Yeah. I've never seen... Pen I've, I've known of Penelope Ford. I've never seen her before and she was pulling off some moves I've never even seen. I'm like, okay, I'm interested. Yeah. I uh, all it's because of Penelope Ford. I almost didn't go back to NXT. Um, <laughs> I know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but then I but, saw, uh, obviously, I saw the aftermath, and I, I've known Colt Cabana from Ring of Honor yeah. as a commentator. I haven't really seen much of his in-ring work, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the brand. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely an engaging character and uh, he's, he's a veteran of the business, a veteran of the U of the US uh, independent wrestling scene. Uh, got a, a brief kind of stay in WWE as Scotty Goldman back in, I think, um, 2009 2010 around that period but uh, once again like we see with so many talented independent workers when they go up to the main roster or WWE they get mishandled or misused or not used at all but uh, then we had another really fun match on this week's uh, AW Dynamite the Jurassic Express a, a favourite of mine uh, going up against the Butcher and the Blade but no bunny this time there was no bunny on ringside uh, the end of the match comes when NJF uh, who was uh, one of the spectators taking bets on the outside he called for the Butcher and the Blade to hit their finisher 
only for this to backfire, allowing Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus to hit their finisher to get the victory instead. Now, once again, there was plenty of interaction from the wrestlers around the front row, which worked really well, in my opinion, throughout the whole episode of Dynamite, with MJF possibly causing the loss for the Butcher and the Blade in this one, uh, which could play into something in the coming weeks down the line. Now, now, BJ, I've gone on the record uh, before as saying that I'm a massive fan of both Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, I don't know how much of this match you caught, but this match really brought my attention to the, the Butcher and the Blade. Now, I've kind of not really thought too much of them or paid too much attention to the Butcher and the Blade, uh, but I'm buying into their gimmick more and more every time I see them. And, uh, you know, we did get a brief uh, kind of hoss fight between the Butcher and Luchasaurus in this tag match, which kind of makes me salivate for a potential big match between these two big guys somewhere down in the future. But uh, uh, any thoughts on what went down here? And uh, 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 have the Butcher and the Blade caught your attention at all? Uh, that slowly every time they get used they sort of draw my attention like to me they've just been there it's what makes them stand out like from everyone else because them this evil villainous dark tag team in sort of the sense that the dark order are so they it's hard for them to stand out for the dark order but i'm so glad we're on the same page about the jurassic express i'm yes. especially jungle <laughs> boy i'm a huge fan of jungle boy and that entrance is wicked yeah, they're pretty good as a unit, and I, I'm, I'm starting to like Marco Stunt more and more as well, to be honest with you. But first of all, Luchasaurus was the one that I was really behind and catching, catching my attention. I agree with you, though. Jungle Boy, I think he's really growing. Every time you see him on the TV, he's growing as a performer. He's so smooth in the ring now. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's just, I think, give it... Oh, 24 months, give it a couple of years, and I think we could be looking at Jungle Boy as, as potentially up there as a contender for the big one. Uh, but Luchasaurus, I think he's the one to watch, and I think he's got the size, he's got the look, he's got the gimmick, he's very good on the mic. Um, very, very, very proficient with his kicks and his big moves in the ring. Uh, so I think they've got gold um, in the shape of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I'm just really excited to see where they go with those two. Um, but that's all good. And that's something that I praise on on a weekly occurrence on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast, BJ's. The amount of fresh, kind of not necessarily homegrown, but young talent that they're bringing through and they're highlighting, put a big spotlight on and really utilising really, really well. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about the, the big uh, ex-WW superstar that turned up at the end of the show a, a bit later on. But, you know, there's some argument that... Yes, on one hand, they're doing a great job with pushing a lot of the, the newer, younger, fresher talent, um, dare I say it, homegrown talent on AEW. But then on the other hand, they're still utilising and pushing a lot of ex-WWE performers. But uh, any thoughts on my kind of uh, points there regarding fresh talent versus uh, kind of ex-WWE talent and whether they're using the, the WWE talent more than they should and potentially should be using the AW fresh talent a little bit more. I don't know. Where's your thoughts regarding uh, old versus new? Well, I remember saying, I'm um, not saying, seeing something about AEW just signs ex-WWE talent and that they're all, they get all the washed up talent that WWE doesn't want or the WWE rejects. Yeah. One thing I've seen on Twitter that someone pointed out is before they were at WWE, they came from somewhere somewhere else. It's like, if AJ Styles were to go to AEW, you wouldn't be calling him a washed-up WWE talent because when he went to WWE, was was he washed-up Impact talent? Yeah, he's got a history, anything, isn't he? Yeah. 
if anything, he was a former Impact superstar. He was a former NJPW superstar. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. But uh, it's interesting. It's certainly, you know, a conversation to be had, um, you know, in the wrestling community at the moment, He's especially with this past week's Dynamite. Of course, we mentioned about uh, the former Luke Harper, Brody Lee coming in. And of course, we're going to be talking about Matt Hardy very soon. Two big XWW stars that, as we've already acknowledged, were underutilized, underused, uh, poorly booked, um, and are going to be properly used, or at least we hope they're going to be properly used in AEW. Um, but to hopefully they don't over shadow what they're trying to achieve with the younger talent on AEW but um, speaking of uh, talent and speaking of the, the, the wrestlers that were portraying the fans uh, in this episode of Dynamite you had uh, Jake Roberts at ringside talking alongside his client Lance Archer another new acquisition from New Japan of course uh, uh, and Jake Roberts tells Cody or, uh, via microphone via message that uh, uh, the, the time for him to stand up and to meet the man. Uh, Jake finishes by telling Cody that uh, he's had the chance uh, to meet him straight on and now will get Cody's attention. So quite menacing words there from uh, Jake Roberts on behalf of Lance Archer. Looks like that's going to be Cody's next feud. Uh, so uh, we, we'll have to see how that develops. Um, and then we go into the main event. And it was Santana, Ortiz and Jake Hager from the Inner Circle going up against uh, the Elite, Hangman Page, uh, Cody and Matt Jackson to see which team would gain the man advantage going into the Blood and Guts uh, War game style match um, whenever that might happen. So one of the highlights of the whole show, in my opinion, BJ, was, was Sammy Guevara uh, came out to ringside. And as, Cody, as, as Chris Jericho came out to the stage, um, you, you had Sammy Guevara was kind of singing uh, Judas singing Chris Jericho's entrance theme, singing Chris Jericho uh, out to the stage where Jericho was going to be taking part as part of the commentary team. And uh, I think they even got a bit of a pop from Chris Jericho. He had a bit of a smirk and a smile as Sammy Guevara was singing Judas uh, via a microphone. That was a fantastic moment. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Jericho on commentary described Cody's neck tattoo was something that Excalibur painted when he was five years old using finger paints. I thought that was quite funny. Uh, the, the match itself was pretty fun with, with Cody taking a lot of the punishment during the match until he was able to get the hot tag to Hangman Page. Uh, the action breaks down with Cody nailing Ortiz with a dive through the rope, sending Ortiz over the barrier and into MJF uh, in the front row. Wardlow then grabs Cody by the throat, only for Arn Anderson to crack Wardlow with his clipboard of doom. Uh, and just when it looks like Matt Jackson and Hangman were finally on the same page, no pun intended, Hangman gets pulled down off the ring apron before he could assist Matt Jackson with their version of The Undertaker, um, allowing Santana to roll up Matt Jackson for the pinfall victory, again in the man advantage in the blood and guts match. So after the match, uh, Jericho points out that not only will they have uh, the man advantage during the match, but they will have the, the the kind of the numbers advantage as well. It'd be five against four with Nick Jackson being taken out after last week's attack from the inner circle, making it five on four. So they have the physical man advantage. Um, just then, uh, we hear like a buzzing sound. We see a familiar looking drone in the air in the shape of Vanguard One. Uh, Matt Jackson tells Jericho that despite Nick being taken out last week, the inner circle will not have the five on four advantage with Matt telling us that he called a friend who owed him a favour. We heard some piano music. The camera panned up to the, the upper section of the arena to unveil Matt Hardy uh, as the newest member of the AW roster and the fifth member, the fifth man in Team Elites for the Blood and Guts match. So 
that was, you know, one hell of an ending to this week's AEW Dynamites. And, uh, you know, it wasn't in front of a, a crowd. Um, I'm sure that the, the Brody Lee unveiling is the exalted one and Matt Hardy coming out of the very end would have got huge pops from the AEW fans. But it wasn't and it still worked. And I thought it was fantastic. Um, but to give us your thoughts on this main event, how it all went down and, uh, and the unveiling of broken Matt Hardy um, in AEW. It's... It was. I wasn't sure where Matt Hardy was going, whether we, he was going to be the exalted one yeah. or whether we. I had a feeling he'd be with the elite based on obviously the um, big nests we saw, because as much as he would have made a great leader in that sort of role, yeah. Matt Hardy's so over at the moment to put him straight into a heel role wouldn't have been right. So it was more of a who would be the exalted one other than Matt Hardy. And just as a joke, I said, oh, wouldn't it be um, great if it was Vicky Guerrero? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would that would be, be a name I, I hadn't considered, put it that way. And the way they revealed him was so well done, especially under the circumstances. And to have that music playing, I mean, had you have had that crowd there, would he have still been revealed in the middle of a crowd? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And but, I think not not having the crowd that really worked for that situation. It did. It, it really did work. And um, I, I found that the segment worked out perfectly. And I was really impressed with everything that went down on this week's AW Donald. And I think the most impressive thing and that really put it apart, you know, from all the other WWE-based shows we've seen recently is, is having them wrestlers in the front row that interacted with the matches, added to the, you know, the, the colour and the, you know, just the the ambiance of the whole AEW Dynamite episode. And I thought it was a tremendous show. And I, I've loved every episode of Dynamite. I thought their their show, especially on the Jericho Cruise, was it was a cracking episode. And they've done some really, really good show stealing episodes of Dynamite. But I thought this this really worked as well. And I absolutely loved it. And um, if they continue doing it in this sort of format, then I'm definitely all for it. But uh, next week possibly going to be getting a, uh, a lumberjack match between uh, Luchasaurus and Wardlow. I think there's, there's possibly going to be a street fight uh, between best friends and the Lucha Brothers. But we're also going to be getting, thanks to Coney, uh, Tony Khan's announcement, uh, a face-to-face confrontation of, of one style or another between Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy. I don't think they're going to have a fight. I think if they're, they're going to have a fight, they're going to hold off for a pay-per-view or maybe wait until the Blood and Guts match. So I think it's going to be maybe a bit of an in-ring uh, promo segment with these two, which I think will be really, really fun because we know they're both very, very talented talkers, uh, both uh, massively over and both are very, very capable on the microphone. So that will be pretty, pretty good. So definitely a thumbs up episode of AW Dynamite uh, from me, BJ. What about yourself? Yeah, it's AEW's um, obviously done something different to WWE and it's worked and it was done so well. Um, I really hope they keep doing it the way they've done it because especially having the audience filled out by the roster, it was so unique but it just added that something different and that something special it was like that missing x factor and it was just so it really made the show having the superstars around that. yeah and i think out of all the people that were surrounded in the ringside area i, I really liked and i it popped me big time was mjf and sean spears uh doing their bets doing their dodgy deals on the matches 
taking bets. Uh, Sean Spears seemed to be doing pretty well out of it as well. So that was that was really fun. And something that you you know, obviously, if this was uh, taking place backstage, they'd probably uh, be uh, be uh, you know reprimanded for for betting uh, on on uh, on matches. But um, in the fantasy world of AEW, in the fantasy world of pro wrestling, it's all right, and it really really worked, and it popped me big time. But uh, loved that that portion of the show, and loved the interaction with all the wrestlers on the outside. Really really good. Let's have a look at this week's NXT. So different again, no matches at all. Everything was all video packages. Everything was all backstage segment. You you had Triple H and Tom Phillips there introduced the show and kind of kept the show rolling. But it was two hours of, of video packages, essentially. Um, the first video package uh, covered Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa's uh, three-year-long uh, feud, relationship, storyline, call it what you will. Uh, probably one of the best feuds in modern time. And you could say, you know, one of the best feuds of all time. Uh, I've certainly enjoyed the hell out of it, but uh, it's been interrupted by quite a few injuries. Just to take you through you know, some, of the, some of the highlights from the video package. It covered their first real meeting between the two of them during the tryouts, their WWE tryouts in 2015, uh, when they were both turned down for a contract by WWE back in 2015. Then through to the Cruiserweight Classic, where they both fought each other in the first round. That was a great match, kind of the the, the first step um, on the on the road to their feud, you could say. Um, and then it followed through to their formation of DIY, uh, their battles to obtain the NXT Tag Team Championships, including that classic match they had, that match of the year match against the Revival, of course, their brutal clash against the AOP at TakeOver Chicago, that heel turn from Tommaso Ciampa after that match. And then, of course, uh, Tommaso, uh, Tommaso was uh, um, out for nine months recovering from an ACL surgery uh, following that match where they lost the, the titles to AOP. And the video package documented Gargano's awesome match with Andrade at TakeOver Philadelphia at the beginning of 2018. Um, and then that saw the return of Champa and that attack from behind after the match leading to their epic unsanctioned match at TakeOver New Orleans in 2018, WrestleMania weekend, which I was lucky enough to be there in person. And that was a hell of a night and a hell of a match. And still, I think, the best TakeOver. Uh, we all know that they had the feud of the year throughout 2018 through to what should have been the big blow-off during WrestleMania weekend last year um, at TakeOver New York, but we all know that that match didn't happen due to Tommaso Ciampa being stripped of the NXT Championship and being forced to have next surgery to keep him out of action for seven months. It, it could have and should have been a lot longer, but he was back after just seven months. And of course, it turned out to be Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole who put on a clinic during their two out of three falls match at TakeOver New York for the NXT Championship over WrestleMania weekend last year. Uh, we all know that Tommaso Ciampa returned late last year uh, where it was Johnny Gargano who eventually turned his back on Champa with that attack on Tommaso Champa uh, in his match against Adam Cole uh, just a month or so ago at Takeover Portland, with Gargano turning heel in the process, bringing us right up to date now. And 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 BJ, these two, uh, they were meant to have their big WrestleMania weekend blow-off match at Takeover New York last year. That didn't happen. But is it ironic that uh, they may not be getting their big WrestleMania takeover blow-off match um, this time round? We mentioned earlier takeover Tampa being up in the air, more than likely cancelled, not going to take place. You know, all in all, this was an excellent video package. It went over 60 minutes. A hell of a story chronicling one of the greatest feuds of, of our time anyway. Um, but, but could it be a cruel irony that this big WrestleMania weekend takeover match between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano could be in jeopardy yet again? Yeah, it really is. It's like the feud was 
Actually, I think the crowd says it best when they say fight forever. Yeah. And I think in this case, we're going to get them fighting forever because we'll never get that final payoff. I don't mean... We will never get that final match, will we? (laughs) You've got last year, the um, neck with Champa. This year, it's the coronavirus. Next year, Johnny Gargano might miss it due to an STD. Who knows? Strange as yeah. things have happened, but uh, it was a great right. video package, and it, it kind of, you know, when they do finally uh, meet in the ring, it, it's kind of got me a bit more hyped for it, to be honest with you, because I went a bit off the boil of the feud, to be honest with you. I kind of, you know, went a bit off the boil of the feud. It, it, it came a bit same. It has been gone on for a, a while, and for the first year, couple of years, yeah, I was all over it. Um, but there's been so many two-ins and throw-ins with Tommaso being out with injury, Gargano being out with injury. So the feud has gone off the boil a couple of times. But this video package, it really helped to kind of draw me back in, to be honest with you. And I wish they were fighting, you know, in two weeks' time at Tampa um, or, or in two weeks' time anywhere. Or maybe they maybe they give us the match on the 1st of April um, on that Wednesday's NXT. But when it does finally happen, you know it's going to be a classic. You know it's going to be a brawl. You know it's going to be a war. Um, but um, are, you, are you kind of up for another Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano match? Or, or, or have you kind of been taken slightly off the boil with this feud? Um, based off their previous matches and what I've seen, I'm with the crowd. They can fight forever for, for all I care. The yeah. feud and... As I said before, that video package has added so much to the feud. Like, I could watch them do a 60-minute... Actually, there's a good example. You go back to Breaking Rights 2009, you had John Cena versus Randy Orton. They'd had about seven or eight different matches, singles matches that year, and then on Raw they had all those tag team matches, different varieties with Legacy, and it all culminated at Breaking Rights in a one-hour... Iron Man match, anything goes, no disqualifications, no can outs. It was brutally savage for a solid hour, which was the rise of Kofi Kingston after that match that we got Kofi and Randy at um, Madison Square Garden. So maybe if we go those stipulations for Gogano versus Champa and have one of them get thrown through the stage there and maybe next time someone throws a gym weight around and doesn't miss. Yeah, and make it as brutal. That was hard to watch. It was entertaining <laughs> as hell. But... That was a great brawl. That was a wonderful brawl. It really was. And when um, what was it? Gargano had that gym weight thrown at him from Champa, and it missed and hit the mirror. I thought, oh my god, he's actually going to throw it at his head. And when he hit him in the gut with a, I'm like, I was all for it, and I, I think. I'm glad it missed because I think that's probably the one thing they probably shouldn't do is throw a gym weight at someone's head. Yeah. Go ahead. Which is why they don't do chair shots anymore either because on the way here to Mackay, I was um, listening to the latest wrestling reverb with Josh and Kevin in the car to help pass the time because that's what I do now. I don't listen to music in the car anymore. I usually just find a podcast and listen to that. Same with me. Yeah, they got really in depth with the Chris Benoit story and how that's the whole reason they don't do chair shots to the head anymore because he's a he, they examined his brain afterwards and it turns out he had for what what was he thirty five at the time or was yeah. he in his forties? No, I, I would say he was in his mid thirties. Yeah, yeah, for someone in their mid thirties to have the brain of an 80-year-old Alzheimer's patient, all because of the 
he had chair shots to the head. He was obviously under a lot of stress and pressure, different sorts of medication. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's going to be documented. And I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the second season of Vice um, and uh, kind of all the, the, the shady stories that have happened in wrestling history, like the Jimmy Snooker story and the, the new Jack uh, attack on mass transit and the Chris Benoit and the Owen Hart story. They're all going to be presented in season two of the Vice uh, documentaries, um, The Dark Side of the Ring, it's called. And if you haven't caught season one, I'm sure that's out there and available to watch but season two i think premieres with part one of two of the chris benoit story um this coming week so it's actually premiering very very soon i'm sure you can catch that uh in various places on the internet if you look hard enough but um i mean going back to one comment you made earlier and if they were to dedicate the whole two hours of nxt on the first of april or at least you know a good portion of them two hours to Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano, I would definitely be up for that, to be honest with you. And I think that it's, it's a, a good enough match. They want their big kind of blow-off match. This could be their big blow-off match on the 1st of April. And just give them two hours, let them have you know, half an hour of hype before the match, half an hour of hype after the match, let them have an hour in between to just tear the place down and just dedicate that whole two hours to them two and that one match i think that'd be pretty awesome but uh, um i i think i'm even more sold on that idea now what about yourself oh absolutely they could go they could fight for the two hours for all i care i yeah. mean they could finish them you could end the broadcast with them fighting with no result and then have the broadcast the next day start off with that and then go 10 minutes into the broadcast before we get a result and then just show highlights on YouTube here yeah. and there of them fighting throughout the night. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, because it's uh, kind of closed doors, because you haven't got any fans, you're not going to have any spoilers. So nobody will know, um, you know, what, what the uh, result is, uh, regardless of whether it's uh, aired live or, or the following day. Um, but I'm all for that. And I've got, I've got a sneaking suspicion that they're going to try and do something like that. But uh, then we had another video package, BJ, uh, sandwiched in between uh, that and the, the closing video package. We had a video package featuring Finn Balor telling us why he's the best wrestler in the world. He told us that he's record-breaking reign of, of, of in NXT, which I think has just got broken by Adam Cole, by the way. Um, he, his dream scenario of getting drafted number one uh, to Monday Night Raw in 2016, but beating multiple wrestlers on his first night on the main roster, including Roman Reigns to become the number one contender, and the eventually uh, winning and uh, becoming the first ever Universal Champion, all within the space of his first month on the main roster. We all know about the injury that he suffered that night during his match at SummerSlam against Seth Rollins, which kept him out of action for better part of a year, uh, multiple injuries, including a torn shoulder, and how things weren't the same when he returns nine months later and how he was used uh, pretty much to put over other wrestlers. Uh, Finn told us how his match against Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble 2019 was the spark that reignited the fire inside him. And now uh, we can't deny that since he returned to NXT in the fall of last year, the Prince is most definitely back. Once again, staking his claim to being the best wrestler in the world. Finn tells us that uh, uh, in these uncertain times, no one knows what's going to happen, but he will stand in the ring with Walter and the Prince is here uh, so another really really strong video package didn't go as long as the Johnny Gargano Champa segment did but a really strong a very very engaging enthralling video package um, and uh, once again you know 
it doesn't look like it's going to go ahead anytime soon, but I'm kind of salivating at the thought of Finn Balor versus Walter was going to be taking place in Tampa. Uh, but uh, not looking likely now. But they're still kind of hyping it up to a certain degree on, on NXT, hence this video package. Um, so I think they've, they've probably got uh, their eyes set on having that match fairly soon. But uh, Finn Balor, since he's back, been back on NXT, he's been gold, hasn't he, really? He's been absolutely fantastic. And I think him against Walter will be a really good, hard-hitting match. Um, but uh, any thoughts on what went down here then, BJ? I think Finn Balor... Going back to NXT, it's the best thing it could have been for his career. He went stale on the main roster and no fault to his own because he was hot when he debuted. And obviously the injury killed it. McMahon lost faith in him. And going back to NXT, it's revitalized his career. The crowds, he's he is red hot at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. And he, he's, he, we've seen the side of uh, Finn Balor that we haven't ever seen before in the WWE since he came back onto NXT. Um, he's always been the big smiling baby face with the grin on his face. And since he's turned heel, since returning to NXT, uh, the back end of last year, he's been a different wrestler. And he's kind of been like the, the prince or the, the, the Prince Devitt of old when he was in New Japan, uh, when he was the, the first leader of the Bullet Club, the, the, the originator of the, the Bullet Club, the founder of the Bullet Club, you could say. Uh, but we got that Finn Balor, we got that Prince Devitt uh, back. And uh, yeah, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. And yeah, him versus Walter, I think it's going to be a really good, hard-hitting match. Um, just kind of keep my fingers crossed that we get to see it fairly soon. Um, but uh, NXT finishes with another video package featuring somebody that you're probably very, very uh, keen to see is doing very, very well or happy to see is doing very well. And that's Rhea Ripley uh, detailing her rise from the girl next door Ripley that we first saw when we had the first Mayan Classic back in 2017 through to her reinvention the following year at the second Mayan Classic to then becoming the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion and a rivalry with uh, fellow Aussie Tony Storm, uh, which continued throughout 2019. Rhea became one of the hottest, most over-wrestlers after having a really strong showing at War Games last year and then Survivor Series in November. And then in December, she became the NXT Women's Champion, defeating Shayna Baszler in that amazing match. Remember, there was the fans in the ring holding Rhea up onto their shoulders, the big celebration. And now Rhea is still due to be facing Charlotte Flair in one of the matches, uh, as we mentioned earlier, for the NXT Championship um, on the line at this year's WrestleMania. Once again, a, a hell of a story when you look at Rhea Ripley. She's still in her early 20s. She's had a hell of a, a, a career so far. Um, a fellow Aussie, uh, you must be really proud of what Rhea has uh, achieved and what she's accomplished. Uh, but such a shame that Rhea will not be getting her moment in front of 80,000 people. But Rhea did say in the promo package, she said that Charlotte uh, will be going into Rhea's world at the Performance Centre and that uh, she's walking out the NXT Women's Champion after WrestleMania. So uh, give us your thoughts on, on, on Rhea's video package here, a promo, and uh, how kind of pleased or proud you must be for a fellow Aussie to be uh, kind of headlines um, at WrestleMania this year. Oh, absolutely. And it's the same with all the Aussies, like even the Iconics last year at WrestleMania winning the titles. It's you just can't be more proud that the Aussies are finally making waves in wrestling over in America because there's so much talent over here and it's like we're overlooked. It's like we've had obviously the Super Showdown a couple of years ago. You get yeah. Raw, Raw and SmackDown go live to the UK every year. We don't get that over here. We just get the live shows. We've yeah. gone from five live shows in the space of a week to two. 
and they're going to Sydney and Melbourne. And in regards to Rhea Ripley, so um, Josh from the Wrestling Reverb podcast and the Josh Robinson Double Zero Network. Yeah. We've got a little disagreement here when it comes to Rhea Ripley. Because obviously Rhea's from his hometown, so he's a massive Rhea Ripley fan. Rhea's uh, Adelaide, he's from Adelaide. I'm from Queensland. Tony Storm's from Queensland, so I'm a Tony Storm guy. Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Rhea Ripley. She's really grown on me since she's come to NXT. When she was over in NXT UK, it was sort of like, meh, I wasn't. Her coming to NXT UK, I've really grown on her. Yeah. When she gets in the ring with Tony Storm, I am always rooting for Tony Storm. That brings um, up quite an interesting topic because I raised on the Wrestling John's Facebook page the other day that you think back maybe 18 months, just a year and a half ago, it was all about Tony Storm. We, we, we saw mm. Tony Storm as, as being kind of the next big star, you know, whether it be on NXT UK, NXT, or possibly on the main roster to be pushed to the moon. And she's got the look. She's uh, very, uh, you know, credible in the ring. Uh, needs to get better on, on her microphone work, but it is getting better. But she was the one that everybody had their eyes set on for being pushed to the moon. And then Rhea Ripley comes onto the scene and kind of overtakes Tony Storm. And it's Rhea Ripley that's being featured in the WrestleMania match against Charlotte Flair, as uh, being, you know, given all these accolades and championships. And Tony Storm is kind of on the sidelines, really, with nothing really being done with her. What's your kind of thoughts on, on kind of that dynamic and how it was all about Tony? a year and a half, two years ago, but now it's all about Rhea and how that's changed in such a short space of time. Yeah, well, I think overtaking Tony is a bit of an understatement. Like, she's just shot past her. Oh, yeah. Because Tony was talked about as being the next big thing. Rhea currently is the next big thing. She's the hottest topic to come out of NXT UK. Yeah. She's constantly on Monday Night Raw, even though she's not a part of the roster. And it seems if anything since Storm's lost the title over at NXT UK, she's sort of gone downhill. She sort of faded into the background. She had an incredible I Quit match with Kaylee Ray. Oh, the yeah. only, only downside to that match is it was predictable on who was going to win. You knew it was uh, end of the rivalry. And Tony Storm's nervous said I quit before and to watch her essentially tap out and say I quit that was heartbreaking like you could just feel for it in that moment yeah, maybe, maybe they're just going with the, the slow build, the same slow burn with Tony Storm. And I'm sure, you know, she's not lost any of her, uh, any of her fan presence. She's still very, very popular. She still looks great, still great in the ring. Like I say, she needs to kind of polish up a little bit on her ring ring promo, but I'm sure she's a lot better in front of a microphone than I am. Uh, but uh, I think that it's more of a slow build with Tony Storm. I think she's definitely going to get there. And, you know, we could be talking in a couple of years' time with Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley, you know, for the for the Women's Championship at WrestleMania in front of 80,000 people. Um, and no doubt, I think the WWE have got big plans for both wrestlers, Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. And uh, like you say, having two kind of very, very popular stars such a big platform such as uh, WWE must make you really, really proud. You mentioned the Iconics from last year. It, it seems, I can't believe it's only 12 months ago that they won the Women's Tag Championships at WrestleMania. It seems so much longer than that. And and oh, as much as you, you probably hate 
for the fact that they've barely been on TV since when they lost the championship state that you've barely seen them since. So that was kind of grind your gears quite a bit. Uh, but Buddy Murphy, he's doing very well. Um, so, uh, you know, some some good Aussie wrestlers uh, flying the flag for you guys uh, on the main roster and uh, NXT and WWE as a whole. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's just like, where have they gone? They have probably one of the most, and pun intended here, iconic moments in female wrestling history. Yeah, They're the first team to win the women's tag titles at WrestleMania. And since then, what's happened to them? The last time I remember seeing them on um, TV, I'm pretty sure it was Peyton Royce running around the ring, running through the crowd, chasing Carmella for the 24-7 championship. She wasn't even a feature and she was just one of the 20 women chasing Carmella for that 24-7 title. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a waste. It really is such a waste because, you know, they, they may not have been the most polished act in the ring as performers, but on the microphone as characters, you know, they were so entertaining and, you know, they, they are good in the ring. They are good in the ring, but I think that the, the, the part of their act that was getting them over more than anything was their you know, their, their gimmick and their ability on the microphone as, as a double act. Um, but um, yeah, it's just such a shame that we haven't seen as much from them because I think they're so talented and they've got so much to offer. Um, but once again, and we've said it a million times already during this episode of Wrestling with Jonas, there's so many acts that they just tend to drop the ball with or forget even exist, uh, which is such a shame. But uh, BJ, let's get into uh, some of the listeners' questions. So we've had a few questions sent our way via Facebook, via Twitter. Um, and uh, of course, if you want to send uh, questions to be answered on the Wrestling With Jonas podcast, you can do either uh, visit our uh, Facebook community page, just uh, search Wrestling With Jonas, and that's Jonas spelled J-O-H-N-E-R-S, or go to at with Jonas underscore pod on Twitter and drop us a DM, slide into our DMs. I've always wanted to say that. Uh, but, uh, but but you can do, and we normally put out a poster on, on a, way, a Thursday or a Friday asking for questions for the Saturday recording. And we've got a few here from some of our followers uh, so the first question then bj from from ashley clements now um quite topical because it's uh, with regards to the debutants on AEW dynamite this week ashley asks which out of the two debuts on AEW was uh, was best uh, received um and uh, would matt hardy uh have been better saved for a crowd interaction with the delete chance so i think to answer the second part of this question i think yes it, it's uh, a given really that it would have been so much better so much more impactful um if he had been unveiled in front of a crowd or delete chance and the pop and the oh my gods and the holy shits um but um What's your opinion on who had the, the most uh, impact um, with, with their debut this week? Would it have been Brody Lee or would it have been Matt Hardy? Um, who do you think uh, was, was kind of best received or had the most impact uh, from this week? Oh, Matt Hardy, hands down, had the best impact. Whether it would have been better save for a crowd, I'm... Yes and no. I mean, it really worked that it was done in front of no crowd because it just added that especially with the music playing in the background. Yeah, you didn't the have piano the music. Of the music. But yeah. having, as you said, having the delete chance and the crowd going wild, it would have made you wonder what would have been... I'll actually add to that question for you. What, what would have been the better debut, Matt uh, Hardy debuting to the delete chance on AEW or WrestleMania, the Hardys debuting to the delete chance there in 2016? Wow. There you go. There you go. I mean, the, the pop they got in uh, 2016, 
was is still I think acknowledged as one of the the, the loudest uh, crowd pops at any WrestleMania. So that's going to be hard to beat. But I get I get what you're saying. I think there had there been a a, a a crowd there of a few thousands, you know five six up to ten thousand however many they they fit into their arenas for dynamite nowadays i think they would have gone wild for matt hardy and the delete chance but um i mean i'm, I'm gonna have a, add a slightly different spin onto it i thought that Brody lee had uh, the more impactful uh, debut this week over matt hardy for one simple reason and we've seen matt hardy a lot on social media we've seen matt hardy a lot on his youtube channel free the delete and the last couple of episodes of free the delete it's had the young bucks on there so that's kind of almost let the cat out of the bag nice and early almost giving away the fact that he's joined AEW and that he's going to be part of AEW and maybe involved with the elite somewhere uh, on the program in which he was when he appeared this Wednesday. Brody Lee, uh, Luke Harper, uh, we there was lots of rumours and unconfirmed reports that he had been signed with AEW, but they did a very good job at keeping it on the on kind of the down low. And uh, when he when he kind of finally materialised as the exalted one, uh, I, I thought that was. Uh, a little bit unexpected because we was you know possibly expecting Matt Hardy to be the exalted one or maybe somebody else maybe a Christopher Daniels was throwing us a, a swerve all all the way through or maybe it could be somebody like a Raven um, could have been anybody to be honest with you it could have been Eva Luna all, all along all this time but it was Luke Harper and I think that was one that was a bit more of a mystery so for me um, in, in my opinion I think um, Brody Lee had the kind of more impactful debut but uh, different opinions there which is what what's good about wrestling but um, yeah, I thought the cat was lit out of the bag with Matt Hardy and his uh, uh, Free the Delete and the, the Bucks being on a couple of episodes there, always giving it away. But let's move to the second question from Jason Hall. Now, a bit of fantasy booking on the line here, BJ. So put your, your booker's hat on for a second. And he asks, uh, the Rockers versus Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Young Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns versus the Dudleys in a TLC match. Who goes over? Um, so what's that? One, two, three, four, five, a six team TLC match. Um, some old, some new teams, uh, the Rockers, Edge and Christie and the Hardys, Young Bucks, Motor City, Machine Gun and the Dudleys. My opinion. Oh, I, oh crikey. This is a tough one because I'm a fan of all of these guys. Um, right. But it, right. it's, it, I, 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 I'm going to go for the Dudleys because I thought the Dudleys were the uh, unsung heroes of them TLC matches. Now, Edge and Christian won all three of them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, certainly the one at SummerSlam and the two at WrestleMania. Um, they won all three of them, but I thought the Dudleys were the unsung heroes. So I would put the Dudleys over in their prime. Um, but I've got to say, see, I would love to have seen the Rockers in a TLC match. That would have been pretty amazing. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns as well. The Young Bucks, we've seen them in similar matches, uh, certainly for uh, Ring of Honor and uh, and uh, AEW. But uh, yeah, I'm going with the Dudleys on this one. But what about yourself, BJ? Well, I want to, before we answer that, answer that question, I want to elaborate on it. And are we going to book it? as the rockers as they are now are we going to book at the rockers from the 1980s oh it's got to be yeah it's got to be janetti and Shawn michaels definitely yes are we going to have like janetti and Shawn michaels as they are now like oh oh, no 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 so you gotta you gotta take it as if this was them in their prime so if we could put them all into a time machine and bring them out at the same time uh when they're all in their prime uh, so yeah, Edge and Christian when they were in their prime, uh, Hardys as they are now, you could say 
well, the Hardys when they were in their prime, the Young Bucks as they are now, Motor City Machine Gun when they were around, the Dudleys. I uh, don't think they'd be able to uh, pull off a TLC match uh, nowadays. But yeah, when they're in their prime. So uh, how how do you think this will this will go down? Uh, it's it's a really hard one to book because I mean, obviously, Edge and Christian have gone over in all three. The Young Bucks went over when they had a TLC match in 2016 against the Hardys. Yeah, I've grown up a Jeff Hardy fan. I'm a huge Jeff Hardy fan, especially from his 2002 era when he came out and he had all that neon paint on him to when he had that new music in about 2008, 2009 with all the face paint. It's when he had Willow in TNA. I've loved... I've loved watching Jeff Hardy for as long as I can remember. If it's not him, it's the hurricane. And I don't know. I'm, I'd almost put over the um, Motor City Machine Guns. Yep. Just yep. to go with the aspect of they'd probably be going into that match as the underdogs. Like you've got Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudley Boys who specialize in that kind of match. And then you've got the Young Bucks who are considered the best tag team in the world. You've got Shawn Michaels in The Rockets, who's known as the showstopper. Oh, yeah. So I'd almost go the Murder City Machine Guns, because they're, what are they? That's Alex Shelley and Chris Sabian? Correct. Yeah, so I'd probably put them over as the underdogs who are the last people you'd expect to win it. I like your thinking. I do like your thinking. Most definitely. But I've got a soft spot for the Dudleys because I followed them all the way back in the original ECW from the early to mid 90s and uh, followed their career through ECW and through um, WWE, of course, and wherever else they've been. But uh, yeah, so uh, very, very interesting question there from from Jason Hall and some excellent teams there to pick amongst and uh, yeah kind of uh, testing our, our bookers hats but another question from podmania pro wrestling podcast via twitter they asks what uh, is mine and what is our main event for wrestlemania so we know what the main events are going to be we know what the matches are for this year's wrestlemania but if we could fantasy book our kind of dream wrestlemania main events what would it be now i was giving this a bit of thought and I, i've got to kind of think to my favorite wrestlers now and possibly my favorite wrestlers of all time and they're two uh wrestlers that are still active nowadays and we saw a glimpse of what this match could be uh on a smackdown um back in october last year i think when the, the most of the wwe roster was stranded over in saudi arabia and we saw a glimpse a very very good match of adam cole versus daniel bryan now if ever we get to see get a chance to see those two in a mania match with a championship on the line, that would be a dream WrestleMania main event for me. Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. Put the WWE title on the line. Give him 30 minutes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a match of a lifetime. And for me, that would be the ultimate WrestleMania main event, in my opinion. Um, but what about yourself, BJ? Uh, any, any thoughts on uh, who you might book if you had the opportunity to, who you would put in that main event spot in your very own WrestleMania main event? Well, based off the matches that we've got, obviously, like, you've got Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, and Roman's put up two nights of WrestleMania. WWE's biggest event just got bigger. One of those nights belongs to the big dog. Who's going to claim the other? 
And then obviously that was retweeted by um, Adam Copeland, also known as Edge, which I found actually quite interesting. And he's like, oh, that's cute, big pop. But what you realize it or, or whether you realize it or not, Randy Orton has, if he has the nerves to accept my challenge for WrestleMania, they've marked their territory of, on what the real main event is. And after nine years, the wolf is back in his yard. And I'm just like, okay, I'm hyped up. Just that one tweet has hyped me up for that match. But if I could fantasy book a match, I think Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole, like you said, that would be a dream match for anyone. And we saw a um, glimpse of that on SmackDown. If they got even more time, because when they went into that episode of SmackDown, Daniel Bryan wanted Adam Cole, but he also asked for an hour. And if they could get that hour, even add Drew Gulak into that match and make it a triple threat. Oh my God. It's like, get the tissues out. That match is going to be orgasmic. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think we're both in agreement. If, if somewhere that I mean, Daniel Bryan would, would love to have another match with Adam Cole, I'm sure, on a bigger stage than just a, a SmackDown, as, as good as that match was. But uh, yeah, give them an hour on any show and I'll be all over it. But uh, some really good questions there from Ashley Clements, uh, Jason Hall, and Podmania podcast. And uh, thank you. And like I say, if you want to get in touch, if you want to send us uh, questions for future episodes of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for us to answer, myself and my guests will uh, do our best and just uh, get in touch, DM us with Jonas underscore pod of our, our Facebook uh, community page just search wrestling with Jonas so BJ that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode of wrestling with Jonas episode 112 I want to thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on this week's episode of wrestling with Jonas before we let you go however can we give you an opportunity to throw out some some plugs some social media handles where we can get hold of you and say hi uh, find out more about your content uh, get in touch and uh, listen to your stuff where can we get a hold of you on, on social media I know that you're very active on Twitter uh, but uh, do you have an Instagram do you have a Facebook uh, if so give us your handles so with they're all the same it's at aussie lucian at a-u-s-s-i-e-l-u-t-i-o-n um you can find me all over the place whether most of the stuff i put on um instagram you can find uh basically promoting the podcast or whatever it is i'm going up i'm trying to get something out every day of the week so every obviously with everything going on it's hard to promote or hard to even find time to record with life going on. But I want to try and do everything I can to get something out every day of the week. Because with this COVID-19, everyone needs that distraction. And if I can distract someone, make someone stay better, smile, that's all I aim to do. And I mean, you've got Mining for Mayhem, which you can find. Give me two seconds. I will actually tell you, because I said you can find it wherever you can find your podcast. That's not entirely true. It's for some reason, because we were talking about this in a group chat that i'm in and for people that are with the same i use anchor mm. and for people that are with anchor as well they've got more places i'm on google Podcasts, spotify breaker and also um, radio public and you can also find the podcast on anchor as well yes but, so mining for mayhem is every monday and then on Tuesdays over on YouTube, I've got the Taste Test Tuesdays. Wednesdays, I've got um, the Way Back Wednesdays, which is like a journey through time to show everyone how I came to be or 
how Mining for Mayhem started and all the interesting stuff that people might have missed, all the beginnings and struggles and whatever else there is to do with Mining for Mayhem. Every Thursday, you can find me live tweeting NXT, assuming I don't have to work, but I'll be live tweeting NXT every Thursday. Because NXT for me is live every Thursday. Of course, yeah. All these times that I'm saying now are obviously Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is um, Greenwich Mean Time. Plus I think you're, fo- you're 14 hours ahead of uh, Eastern Standard Time in America, 10 hours ahead of the UK. Yeah, so yeah. basically if you look at your plus minus time of GMT, I'm, I'm plus 10. You've got obviously the lower eastern coast of Australia is currently plus 11, while well, they're in daylight savings and that ends in April, I think. I'm yes. not too sure of that. Um, every Fridays we do the Mining for Mayhem Fantasy where I've got some uh, 64-man tournament. At the moment, we're doing the best of the independent wrestlers. And we're going to see who's the favourite independent wrestler in the world. I was doing fantasy bookings last year, ironically enough. And we did a tag team tournament. And the Hardys won that of some of the best tag teams in the world. That was a 32 tag team tournament. And we ended up getting a match. It was um, the Hardys versus the Usos. They ended up fighting or going out in the polls. The Hardys beat the Usos. And... I think it was the semi-finals, and someone actually commented going on it, going, and it's the battle for the DUI championship. And I'm just like, that's, <laughs> I really should not be laughing at that, but that's actually that's quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Saturdays, I'm trying to do a comedy segment. Obviously, I won't be doing this. I'm not doing it this weekend because I don't have the green screen with me, but um, I'm going to try and do like, when you turn on the TV and see the news, you've got the professional news, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to try and do something like that. But yeah. Obviously, with we, the we, green. We'd like the ticker there. tape running along the bottom. Yeah, the ticker tape along the bottom, and yeah, the captions. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Uh, and then try and do um, comedy in there as well to sort of try and turn everything, in, not turn everything into a joke, but add some humour to it. Get us people laughing. Um, every Sundays you've got the Sunday night shout out, as I said before. That's to shout out, bring awareness to some amazing podcasts and hardworking content creators out there because there's some a lot of content creators out there that work really hard that deserve the credit, but they're just so unknown. So if I can bring some attention to that, that's all I want to do. And then obviously once a month, I've got the WrestleCrate UK um, unveilings on YouTube. I call it Mining for Merchandise. And the whole reason I chose to go for the UK one over the American one is because they have MCW. And if I can bring eyes to Australian wrestling, that's the other thing I want to do. I've got on Mining for Mayhem, I've got a segment coming up that I'm yet to unveil. It's been back and forth on when I'm going to do it. I've had it set for, what's today's date? I actually had it set for tomorrow's release, but obviously it hasn't been recorded yet, so I'm going to have to push that back to like the third time. It's been pushed forward and back and forward and back, and I'm going to get there one day, but it's just going to get delayed a little bit longer. But yeah, that's everywhere you can find me. That's awesome. And, and all of them handles, certainly your social media handles, we'll uh, make sure that we add to the description of this podcast. So uh, if you're interested to find out 
more about BJ, Minor for Mayhem and all of his good stuff and all of his channels where you can find him. Just get in touch and say hi. Um, the, just click on the description to this uh, episode of Wrestling with Jonas and everything will be there ready for you to click on and go and uh, check out his wonderful content. And you do so much work. You pump out so much content. It's all really, really good stuff. Um, so uh, thank you for being a, a shining light to the, uh, the the podcast community, the wrestling podcast community. It's been great having you on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast and we'll definitely have to get you on uh, the show sometime in the future but uh, thanks again bj thanks for having me it's been an absolute pleasure also if you go um find my twitter page i've got a link tree there and that'll also link um send the links to everything that i'm doing cool cool we make sure that we put that in the description as well so Thanks to BJ. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, please keep it tuned to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for, all, for your weekly dose of wrestling news, reviews, exclusive interviews. Uh, next week, we'll, have, we'll, we'll more than likely have an AEW Dynamite to talk about. Not so much about to any matches to talk about on NXT, uh, but we, we have thrown out to our listeners, both on Twitter and on Facebook, to give us your suggestions on what you'd like to see or hear from on future episodes of the podcast. Obviously, there's going to be less and less wrestling to cover on here over the coming weeks and months, especially post-WrestleMania. We're not sure what the wrestling landscape is going to look like after WrestleMania. Uh, so it's over to you. And if you want to see us cover your favourite retro pay-per-view from any year, we can do. Or discuss your favourite uh, wrestling storyline or topic of interest, let us know. Or even uh, we could do wrestler profiles, uh, then get in touch via our facebook and twitter pages and let us know uh you've got to give the people what they want is what i think excalibur is famous for saying but uh, uh please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family don't forget to subscribe to the wrestling with john's podcast so you don't miss out on a single episode uh once again from myself and from bj thank you very much for being a great guest and we'll catch up with you all again soon bye